Good morning, gentlemen. Okay. So, uh, we are uh, going to go from four lines from the bottom on 22b. And we're still discussing uh, setting the signals for the new moon. And um, what we mentioned was, there's two new moons. The question is, was the new moon spotted on the Chaser on the 29th of the month? Or was it spotted on the 30th? Uh, so uh, so that, that's going to be the question. And so how did they signal? So we're saying now that they only sent a signal if they spotted it on the earlier time, on a chaser. That's going to, and the question is why? What was the mechanics of that? So Tanurabanan, four lines from the bottom, Amesi and Masos. We only do the light signals. Only when they saw the new month on the earlier day. The Amos Amesi and when, now if you see it during the day, uh, basically the way Beisden would be Mechadish Lechodesh during the day. The Beisden only met, met during the day. So if the witnesses saw it the night before, which is when you see the moon at night typically, you would come into court into Beisden the next day, and then Beisden would Mechadish Lechodesh, and then the, they have to give notice. So the notice would go out on the next night, because the night of the so that's That is the the nighttime of this of this of the uh, had the second day. So that's when the message goes out because they're not going to have it the first day. The first day is when they see the moon. The witnesses got to go the next morning and declare it, and then so they're going to notify people. So somebody was asking whether they they're not going to know um, by then, uh, you know, which that the first day to say Yalavayavo. You know, it's kind of late that. You know, that was declared the, the Rosh Kodesh, but because uh, uh, it was a chaser, that month was, uh, was a short month. But uh, either way, the purpose of this is to let people know when the festivals were. So, but that's, when the, that's how it would work. They would, uh, th- they would put up the light signals, the fire signals, or Iburo, on the n- night of the, s- the second night where normally would have been added the day. So this teaches us that they only did this for a short month. They wouldn't have done it if it was the moon was seen. See, there's only two options. Either it's a chaser or a mole. Either it's a short month or a full month. So why didn't they do it either way? Uh, do it on the short month or do it on the full month? The answer is, it's a pro- they did it because of a rabbinic problem. What happens if it's a short month and it falls out on a Friday. So, meaning that the witnesses saw the new moon Thursday night. They came in Friday morning. The Beisden was Mechadish Lechodesh Friday morning. So, had it not been Shabbos, they would have put up the signal Friday night. But they can't do that. So, they put up the signal Matzi Shabbos. So, the people who see the signal Matzi Shabbos aren't going to know what's the purpose of the signal. So, if they only put up a signal to tell you it was a short month, so if they see it a day late, they'll know that it was going back. Uh, but if they, it's possible that they did it uh, for a long month too, so how are they going to know which signal? So uh, let's read the words, last line on the page. Amosai uh, Avdi, when are they going to do the signal? Ba'afuke Shepsa, when Shabbos goes out. And if you do signals either way, whether it's a short month or a full month, 
And even if it was a short month, you can't do it early because of Friday night. You're going to bump it up. As we turn to today's page, you'll come to make a mistake. You're going to say uh, that this month um, uh, is really a short month. And why didn't you do it early? Uh, because you couldn't have done it on Friday night. But really, maybe you're trying to signal that it's a full month. And since you won't be able to, it's going to confuse everybody. Odilma or really Molehu. Maybe it really is a full month. It was Manu of it. So it's going to get confusing. Uh, you're not going to, since if you're going to do it, whether it's short, whether it's long, since a short month occasionally will be required to be pushed off a day later, if you do both, it'll get confusing. I've 11, Bena Mole, Bena Chaser. Uh, well, maybe you should do it whether it's short, whether it's long, and people will normally go by the day or the night. The key, Mikla Rosh Kodesh Erev Shabbos, and maybe when it falls out on a Friday, low level cloud, maybe you shouldn't do it at all then. Morris says, Kivin de Lavdina Matzi Shabbos. Since you're not going to do it on a Matzi Shabbos, Avdina Namole, and you know that they do it when it's full, may the Yadu Nechasuhu. Uh, this is still part of the question. Um, people know that you usually do it, uh, since you did it this week, and you do it when it's full, so people will know that this was a short week. The more I said, I feel is still, it's going to get confusing. Omar Haidamoli, who people will say is full. And now, why didn't you do it if it was a full day? Maybe there was a mistake. So then the Gemara says, well, maybe just do it on a full day. And never do it on a short day. Be, month. Full month, yeah. Uh, do it on a full month and never on a short month. He said, then you're going to have a different problem. Because people didn't, uh, uh, if you have, uh, if it was two days, so they would end up keeping Rosh Hashanah on two days. And if you're going to do it on the Mole, so people will end up keeping Rosh Hashanah waiting for the second day. Today we always keep Rosh Hashanah two days. Then they didn't. So you're going to keep people out of work an extra day. And so that's not a good solution. In other words, if you only did one signal to do the, on the full month, that's not, not good because you'll end up causing people to, work, uh, to not go to work that extra day. Additional delay. Additional delay, yeah. Okay. So uh, the bottom line is they only did it on the chaser. So, uh, so then we said, how did they do it? So we said, they, it says they brought long sticks of cedar wood. So now the Gemara is going to have a short discussion about cedar wood. Um, I'm convinced that this is a piece of agarita, this Gemara, uh, meaning that uh, the, there's the, the discussion of which woods are called eras. There's a, in, in Tehillim, there's a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of discussion about different kinds of trees uh, and uh, what they mean and what they symbolize. But let's, let's begin. He said there's actually four types of trees that are in that category of areas. So the truth is that our, our translation of the word cedar is not accurate because there's only one cedar tree. The other four would be different trees. But they're in, the, the, in Hebrew, there's four kinds that are called eras. The kartum tree, the eight shemen, the barosh, and the kasros. Amarav Adora Dibay Rushila. That's his name. Omarav Adra Dibay Rushila. Omri. He's taught from the Academy of Shila. He taught um, one second, I read that wrong. Um, 
he says, Omar uh, Rav Adra, um, and Adra is another kind of cedar tree. I'm sorry. No, Adra is a kind of tree. Yeah, that's the kind. That's the name of a tree. Yeah. So, um, so what the Gemara is explaining again. Let's start that again. There's four kinds of cedar trees: Eris, Katros, Eitshem, and Uberosh. Katros or Katrum? Katrum. Thank you. So now the Gemara explains what is the Katrum tree. So Amarav, that's the Adra, the Adra tree. In case you didn't know what Katrum is, now you know it's an Adra. Okay. The Beirushila, he says, no, it's a Mavliga, and some people say it's a Gulmish. Now this whole thing about these four species being the only four types of errors, they argue on Rabba Barhuna, Rabba Sarah He says there's ten types. It's a big argument between four and ten. Shinamar, Shita So you see there's ten types. Now, what are those? So the one of them mentioned was the hadas. What is that? That's the asa. That's a myrtle. Eight shemen. There's a tree that has oil in it. Which one? That a parsima. That's the balsam tree. Virosh. That's the barta tree. Tidur shagya. Tasher shubita. So those are the ten trees. The Mar said, one second. Hani shiva. I only counted seven. So kiyasrevdimi amar. Oh, I'll tell you what the other three are. That's alunim amugi alguni. What are the alunim? That's the butmi. What's the almugim? The baluti. What's the almunim? That's kusisius. Amarav, arnunim, he says, no, I got a different three. I got arnunim, armunim, almugim. Arunim, that's ire. Armunim, ardove. Almugim, arkasusa. I think the art scroll actually... actually Laurel, chestnuts, and coral. I've heard of chestnuts. Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to see, a coral reef, that it's going to be an underground tree. Um, so we're going to see that they mined it. Um, it's apparently also called a tree, even though it comes from the ground, uh, from underground, from the water. Uh, so it's, uh, there's a um, there's a mention, it says, Vitsi adir lo yavrenu. Um, the, uh, there's a mention there of the, uh, of this, uh, of this otter tree. And, um, how would they possibly go to acquire this tree? It's a very difficult tree to get. It's from the bottom of the sea. So, Omarazu Bernie, that's called the Bernie Godola. Uh, this is a big type of, uh, boat. Heiki Avdu, what would they do? This is a big job. You need 6,000 people. The tracer, it takes 12 months. Or some people say tracer, 12,000 people, for six months to harvest these trees. What they did is they got a big flat bottom boat in a very shallow area, and they put sand until the bottom of the boat laid flat. In other words, normally the boat floats above water. They pushed it down, so it weighed down to the bottom. Venachas uh, Baramora, the uh, sailors, or, or the people, the workers, would go down the country and tie the, the boat to the Atuni de, de Kisna. They would tie it to the coral reef. The Kisna, 
then they would remove the sand, and then the boat would float to the top, and the weight of the boat trying to float up would pull the coral up. Uh, uh, the um, the uh, the coral was very valuable because it took so much work to acquire, and the uh, uh, the they were able to trade it in al chad train. It was double the bakaspa. It was double the worth of silver. This kind of wood. Tlas, um, there were tlas porta. There were three ports where you could buy it. Havi tarti be'aramoy two of them were the Aramaic v'chad. And one of them was Persian, where they sold this kind of coral. The Bay Armoy, if you want to know the name of the Armoy ports, that's Maskin and Kasusta. The Bay Porsa are Maskin, is Maskin. In the Persian port, the Mar, um, they also brought up pearls, Umikri Parvata de Mishag. And that one was called the, Parva, the port of Mishmag. So again, the reason why I assume this is a Gadata is why the Gemara is giving us these details, especially. The names of the Gentile ports. There must be something, uh, some mystery here about the uh, uh, why the Gemara thought fit to mention it. Now, there's a uh, when they built the base Hamigdash, they used these valuable woods. They didn't just use everyday wood. Uh, it was, they used these rare, uh, beautiful woods uh, in the base Hamigdash. And when the base Hamigdash was destroyed, they carted off these woods. So he says, every branch, uh, these branches that the Gentiles stole from Yushalayim, Shem's going to bring them back. They're coming back. Shem's going to bring them back. That's a reference to Yushalayim. It was made into a midbar, and the trees are coming back. Um, we do know uh, that, we know from Tubishvat, you may be familiar with, that uh, even though it's a holiday of trees, that many people feel that's a reference to Torah. Uh, the, the, uh, the, um, the, really on Shavuos, we talk about it being a Rosh Hashanah for trees. Trees represent a human in, in Tehillim, that a person is planted and he grows, and a person's like a tree. And so now we're going to see uh, a teachings that have to do with Torah. If you learn Torah and you don't teach it, you're like a myrtle tree that's in the desert. Because since you learn Torah, you have a good smell. Uh, and, but when you have a good smell and you're in the desert, nobody could smell it. So if you learn Torah and you don't share that Torah with others, you're like a good-smelling tree that apparently people planted the tree for the, you know, it's, it gave a good smell to the whole, if you want your yard to smell good, you planted these myrtle trees. But if you learn Torah, which makes you smell good, and you don't teach, then uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a waste. Some people say, if you learn Torah, if you teach it where there's no other Torah students, you're like Hadas Midbar. There's nobody to appreciate it. Uh, he says, Domo Hadas Midbar de Chaviv, that it's, uh, it's special. Um, I guess what he means is, is because it's rare. There's no one, um, there's no one else teaching. So you're the only one offering that. 
He says, woe to the Gentiles that they have no fix. Um, the, uh, it, it says, in the place of copper, I'm going to replace it with gold. I'm going to replace it with silver. Uh, and in, in the place of uh, wood, I'll bring copper. In the place of stone, I'll bring barzo. There will be an upgrade. But how will you replace the humans that were killed by the destruction? So what are you going to bring? So this is what the Pasuk says. The blood spilled won't be, uh, there will be no way to replace it. Basically, the, all the sticks and stones that were taken by the base of Migdash, that can be fixed. The Gentiles can fix the, uh, uh, the problem. But the, uh, the human, the loss of human life uh, at that time can't be fixed. Rashi, the Nekesi Damolo Nekesi, Im Ba Linkos Es Akam Mishar Avonos, if the Goyim can fix their other sins, the, the fact that they stole the, uh, the, the, the building materials, and the, those can all be replaced. Whereas, Lo Enoke Midamim Sho Yisrael. But the fact that they spilled the blood of the Jewish people is not going to be a fix for that. that there's no, no Nikesi. That uh, There will be no, no accounting. Okay. So then we said, Ein Masi in Mesos. That, uh, from, I'm sorry, Ume'ein. From where did, they, which mountaintops did they do the fire signals? So we said, Bez Bilton. Uh, my Bez Bilton? Where, whoever heard of that city called Bez Bilton? So Amar Rav, as we turn the page, that's the city of Biram. Morning, my uh, Gola. We said an interesting thing that when they lit up these signals, that the all the Jews, all the Jewish people that were living outside of Eretz Israel, uh, all their rooftops were lit up. So what does that mean? So Amar Yehoshu Pampadisa. This was the city of Pampadisa. Uh, my Medura Seish. What does it mean? They were all lit up like a bonfire. Tani. We learned Ko Elcha Ve'Elcha Noto Avucha Bayado. Uh, when they saw that the new moon was declared, they all took the torch and went up to their roofs, the Olibrosh Gago. In other words, you had the official signals, which were those long poles that were wrapped with the, uh, uh, and burning on the top, but everybody else would go with a torch to their rooftop. Uh, and so it looked like the whole, the, they lit up the countryside, so to speak. Tani, the city. the city, right, the cities, yeah. It's interesting. It sounds like they lit up. It only says in the Gola. It doesn't say that in Eretz Yisrael they did it. In other words, the, this custom of, of going up to your roof with a torch, it mentions that it was done in, uh, in the Gola. In Pambadisa, was it as a signal or was it more as a celebration? Pambadisa, yeah. It was, the, uh, um, it was what? So it was the... In Pambadisa, was it more as a signal or was it as a celebration? I mean, in... In Eretz Israel, it was as a, clearly it was as a signal. But over here, if everybody's going up, that sounds like you know they're imitating and you know as a as a celebration. I, I, I think that's correct. It was a celebration, or the you know with the with Rosh Chodesh, and so they always uh, lighting candles is always a sign of celebration. Like there, there a lot of people light candles, even when even when it's not a yontif, some people light on uh, you know on, on other occasions as well. Okay. Tanya, af These were other cities 
uh, in the Gola where they sent the signals. Ikidiyami, Benu, Benu Havikaima. The question that these were in between Pampadisa and the other mountain, or Ikidiyami, or on the other side of Eretz Israel. In other words, we're talking about which cities had the, uh, this, um, uh, they, they light these long poles at which mountaintops. The question is, how far did it reach? One was talking about one side of Eretz Israel, it would go on both sides. In other words, you would be signaling people in different directions. And now, what's the distance between one mountaintop and another? Shmona parsos, eight parsos. How many were there? Um, uh, how many cities were there? There, plus in the thirty-two. Um, usually a parsa takes 18 minutes. It's an 18-minute walk, or eight, between 18 and 22 minutes is a parsa, usually. Um, I don't know how many... Um, does the art scroll give a distance? Of, uh, about 8,000 miles. That's 2.3 to 3 miles. 2.3 miles, okay. Um, but in the tuva, it's more... It sounds... Today, it's a further distance. So, Amrabaya, stumi stumulahu drachaha. You can't, uh, it's because the, the roads are clogged, <laughs> traffic jams. You can't get there so quickly. So in other words, there used to be more direct routes, and today you have to go around things. Since you have to go around, that's why it takes longer. Well, how do you know that? Because, it's as a Pasuk, where Hashem said the, the path to the exile was not an easy path. Uh, you have any idea what it took to get us in Atlanta, Georgia? You know, how many... Uh, you know, from Yushalayi, like how, how the route went, you know, from the Yidden altar, it was, it's a very twisted path. The origin of Yerushalayim is not the same, it's different. In Georgia, it's not easy. In Jerusalem, you get... The mountaintop, the mountain you got to rouse that out. Very good, yeah, that's true. That's the, 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 the uh it was, uh, it was difficult to travel there. Okay, new mission. There was a big courtyard in Yerushalayim. Now the people that came to testify that they saw the new moon, they would go to this chutzah. Where did they go? So they had a special courtyard, and the name of it was called Bez Yazik. That was the, the, the name. Ulusham Kola Eden Miskansen. And all the witnesses from all over who came to testify would go there. And again, we mentioned they didn't know if the witnesses would be accepted. Maybe they didn't see... Maybe they saw something else, or maybe they didn't have two, or maybe uh, the, one of them was, uh, as we said before, had a gambling or something that would make them not kosher. So uh, basically, anybody who saw the new moon would go there. Based in Bot Sham, and based in there would uh, interrogate them and check them out. And they made parties. They made big meals. In order that people would want to come. It was festive. Originally, since it was Shabbos, and since they traveled from outside the Tchum, so the people were stuck there. They couldn't move more than Dalin Amas. Uh, and they had to stay there the whole day. Uh, and it turned out it wasn't a lot of fun to be a witness because you couldn't move. So Hiskin Reb He made a takana, a special rule, a special halacha just for them. He gave them a, a tum to go 2,000 amas. Below Elu It comes from him From him. His, his base then decreed. He's before Shlomo No, it was after. But this, they already had traveled the tchum. They had already done their 2,000 amas. So once you go 2,000 amas, you're stuck. You can only go Dalit amas. 
but he gave the people that came on this mission to to be uh, Adim for the new moon, they were given an extra 2,000 Amas. But actually, not only them, but other people as well. What happens if a doctor comes to help a woman give birth? So he, and he has to travel outside the Tchum. So normally, he'd be stuck. Because once you travel outside the Tchum, you can't move. But they gave, uh, the, or the nurse, the Chachma, the wise ladies that came to help give birth, firemen. Umina Gaius, or army people, Umina Nar, or people that help against flash floods, Umina Apolis, or people uh, who rescue people from the falling cities, or Eluka and Sha'ir. They are given the tum of the people of the city, Vieshima Paima So even though uh, normally people aren't permitted to go, these people were given a special dispensation. Uh, the Sanhedrin specifically allowed them to do it. Um, let's see, Rashi. So originally we said they didn't move from that courtyard. <laughs> Rashi on the Mishnah. <laughs> because they had already traveled beyond their original Shabbos boundary. <laughs> Once you go outside the Tchum, that's all you got. Um, what's the problem with the river? Why do you need people to save from the river? Rashi, <laughs> It grew all of a sudden. It's a flash flood. Interesting. Uh, it's dangerous for kids. I wonder if adults could swim. You know, if you have a flash flood, you know, they, so hopefully the adults are big enough they can, uh, but the kids, they get, uh, they get washed away. Interesting that Rashi throws that in. I guess it needs to, why is it dangerous? Like, what's, so there'll be a flood, so what? You know, there, uh, certain people that live in flood zones, they, they're used to it. They're just waited out. But the answer is it's dangerous because of the kids. So Rashi throws in your love. When you make it into the city, don't you get the whole city for your tukum? The 2,000 is maybe if there's no city. No, no, no. Once, if you've already traveled outside your tukum, you only get Dalanamas in the city. Even uh, in the city. Okay. Even the city. So they, not, because the person's... Not you don't have Shishim Rimo? I assume it means all cities, even smaller cities. Where you don't have... No, Yishulayim would be a Carmelite, yeah. But this is dealing with Tchum. It has to do with the Tchum. Yeah. So, um, no, it's not the Erev. It, it's the traveling. They tr- are coming from outside the city. Once you leave a city, you can only travel 2,000 hours. You don't know, you know, a doctor, uh, usually, they need to come and help an emergency somebody. They don't do anything in this kind of situation. Yeah, so that's what we're saying. They made special, special, uh, we, yeah. The question was, what was the name of that of the courtyard? So, uh, is it called Beis Yazik or Beis Yazik? What's the difference? So, uh, Tani, uh, we learned Beis Yazik. That's a nice name. That's the Tan Dixi That's a clear courtyard. What's the, what purpose they call it Beis Yazik? Because I'm learning Masechet Yerubim, and you mentioned this name too. Yeah. So the first view is. It was a nice yard, meaning that they cleared away all the stones. It was a pleasant place. Uh, there was the, it's a pasuk in Yeshaya by Iskeu that it means it was cleared away. It was like it was it was a um, it was not just a wild yard. It was very clean of stones, or Dilma Beziyatik, or maybe it was the place that was a pain in the neck because they were jailed there. They couldn't move. They were stuck there the whole Shabbos. Tanan Lishnit Sarahu. The yazik means that it was a it was difficult of pain. 
It's like a jail. So uh, which one was it? Was it called the courtyard where they were stuck or was it the courtyard that was a nice place? It says they made big parties. So it must be that it wasn't a bad place if you had big parties. They wanted them to come again. So Gemara says, yeah. So Gemara said, that's the question. That seems to say that it was a nice place. So Gemara says, Maybe it was both. It was a nice place, but it was a jail. They were stuck there. Uh, so the, uh, it could be that they had good food, but at the end of the day, so we don't really know which was the real name. Did they call it Beis Yazik, which in a, a cleared out place, or was it Beis uh, Yazik, like a Mazik, like a place where the people were stuck? Okay, new Mishnah. Kate said, both in say, dim. So how did they... Uh, how did they interrogate the witnesses? If somebody says, I saw the new moon, what would they do? Zug Shabal Rishon. So first of all, it was first come, first serve. The first pair of witnesses that came, Bokanosa Rishon. They got checked out first. Umaknisen And they brought in the older of the two. Va'omerlo. And they would say to him, in other words, they were, they, the witnesses didn't testify together. They were each one brought in separate. So they brought in the great, the older of the two, Amr, and they would say to them, How did you see the moon? Was it in front of the sun or after the sun? Was it to the north or to the south? How high in the sky was it? And where did it lean towards? How wide was the moon? Was it a sliver or was it thick? So, im omer if they said it came in front of the sun, uh, get rid of this guy, lo omer klum. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He saw a helicopter, I don't know. Because uh, it was never in front of the sun. And then after the first guy testified, they brought in the second guy, and they would check him out. If they both answered the questions the same way, so then, then it was good testimony. Now, once they had one good set of witnesses, they really didn't need to do anything. But they didn't want the other people to think they traveled all that way. Now, again, they, they, it was not an easy thing to do. You had to leave your family. It was a lot of walking. It could be, some of them had to travel the whole night. And they had very minimal... I mean, you couldn't have Cholent with you. I mean, what, what would you do? They traveled and they picked up everything and they, they went uh, for the mitzvah. So, therefore, what they would do is, Shalonoso Roshe Dvarim. They would ask them the basics. They got the short version, because they really didn't need them. Now, why would they do that? They didn't do it because they needed them. I hope they never learned this Mishnah, right? In order that they shouldn't go home, well, uh, you know, I wasted my time. You wanted them to come again. So, they, they made everybody feel important. Um, this, um, uh, yeah, that's an important way to go. Sometimes uh, somebody does something that's not needed, and you say, "Oh, I have it already," or "I didn't need." You know, so you make them feel bad. You should always make people feel good. That's the, the, the that's a mishnah, you know. You know, but uh, to, to encourage them. Okay, let's see the the Gemara. So, isn't in front of the sun and behind the sun? Uh, so that's to the north. Is is after the sun? And Hanuladroma, uh, um, I'm sorry, in front of the sun is to the um, the north. 
Hanalach behind the sun is to the south. So what are the two things? So Omar Abai, they're two different things. That one question was, where in the sky was it? The other question was, Pigiaso, the moon uh, is not, uh, a full moon is round, and a moon that looks like a moon of a sliver, that has a pigima, meaning that it's a cut-out moon. The word pigima means it's, it's missing. Um, so at that time, when you see the moon, all you see is the sliver, which is the pigima. And so the question is, wh- which way did the pigima face? Did the moon face one way or the other? So if they stand in front of the sun, well, that's not the way it works. <laughs> the, the moon has the pigima because of the shade from the sun, but it's not going to face the sun. Um, how do you know that the moon will never face the sun? It says that Hashem uh, makes peace up above. We're supposed to imitate Hashem. And Hashem, there's uh, the idea that spiritually, there are two great luminaries, the sun and the moon. And whenever there's two, two great powers, they might fight. Right? Uh, so Hashem makes peace amongst the, uh, the, the heavens. So, and he says like this, The sun never saw the pegima of the moon. And, and it also never sees the pegima of a rainbow. The rainbow never faces backwards to the sun. It always faces the other direction. Why? Uh, because uh, this way, it's like they don't compete with each other. It, it would... Pegima uh, shokeshes... Um, they compete beginning. In the beginning, they did, right. But if the, if the moon was facing the sun... Yeah. Um, it could be of, of the Chalisha Sadas of the moon. No, nobody explains why the moon would feel. Is, who would feel bad if the if the bikima showed to the sun? What would the problem be? So he says that it would it's be a sign like a shofar, you know. I look at it, it's a sign like a shofar. I assume Chosadaita is from that story where the moon said the two malachim can't right. be mishdamim. Right. So the moon right. feels bad that it had to be second fiddle, and right? therefore it has a bikima. Right, so... So it, that pigima shouldn't be shown to the sun, because then the sun could be like... Uh, is it the sun who's worried, or the moon who's... Who, who's Chol Shedaita? That was my question. That's the moon. Right. The moon. Uh, the moon will feel bad. Yeah. So he, does, so he faces away from the sun. He complained to Hashem. Right. Uh, so he that's what I was thinking also. You, you, you lower yourself. But I wasn't sure if it was saying that it would be an insult to the moon or an insult to the sun. But that, that's what it says. Um... Uh, now, what about the rainbow? The people that uh, worship the sun, they might think the sun is shooting its arrows. <laughs> that this is, the bow, um, the Akeshis uh, uh, is a bow, so that Ovdei uh, might use that to their advantage. So therefore, Hashem never made it that way. Okay, very good. We'll stop here at the top of the page. Have a great day. Welcome. Nice to meet you. I'll do it. Thank you.